Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Hello, everybody. I'm J.D. Lopez, the host of Left Hand Right Brain. It's a free-flowing, wide-ranging conversation that I have with artists doing interesting and creative things here in Denver and beyond. We talk about their personal stories, break down their creative process, and what motivates them. Spoiler alert, it's mostly spite. We talk about all these things and more while kicking back, cracking wise, and always having a good time. You can find old episodes and everything you need to know at lefthandrightbrainpod.com. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to another Real Nerds Podcast interview from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast live from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. I'm joined here by Sapphire. Hello. Sapphire Lions. Um, you came up to us, told us you were a fan. We appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but something that was interesting to me, you're into computer sciences. Yes. You want? But tell me a little bit about that. Because uh, I am like very much... Well, I barely got grade, through grade school by the edge of my teeth. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I've been into computer science since I was practically born. I, I've been a computer science nerd ever since I uh, can remember. Seriously, like I've, I am about 16 years old, and I've been programming since age six. So that's about 10 years now. Yipes! Uh, my first programming language was actually Batch, which really? is uh, on Windows. And I actually made a few working programs with that. So for those who don't, might not know in the listening audience, explain what Batch is. Uh, batch is a very simplistic general purpose language, which means you can practically use it for almost anything. Mm -hmm. And it only runs on Windows. Um, think of stuff you make on command line, like when you write commands on the command, like terminal, which is like when you have to like do something for... Uh, what's, what's a good example of something you have to do in the terminal? Uh... There's just so much I do with the terminal because I use Linux now. Right. But, like, there, there's a few things that uh, the terminal can do. Like, uh, if you ever code, like, uh, you might use the terminal quite a bit. Okay. Um, and when you, like, batch files run on the terminal, and that's just where, what they do. They just do that constantly. Where did you, how did you get into doing this? I actually got into it by just my mom, actually. Yeah. Uh, my mom actually had me when she was pretty young. Around she was seventeen when I was born, and uh, so the thing is, um, when I got into computer science, I got into it because I I uh, finally got access to a computer, and I actually wanted to do more with that computer. I, I saw what it can do. I'm like, I want more out of this. I want more to do than just maybe this game here and there. I want to make my own things. You want to be able to control and kind of like yeah, exactly. engage with it a little bit more on a personal level. Yeah, yeah, I do. I feel you. Yeah. So, so from there, 
when you when you decide like okay I'm gonna start coding I'm gonna start doing like kind of this this is my passion this is my hope what was like did you have an avenue specifically that you wanted to get into like developing certain things uh, I first started into game development but okay. that quickly evolved into uh, app development after a while because um, after a while I realized how useful these tools were and um, I just wanted to create endless amount of apps um, I also have a GitHub where uh, I just share simple apps that I make every now and again. Okay, right on. What, what kind of apps do you like try to tend to develop? And uh, I try to. T um, well, there's many types of apps I develop. I mostly try to do stuff that helps people, or helps get something started. Okay. Uh, one of my like I, I like what I develop in is I, I develop in many languages right now. I uh, develop in C which is more of a machine. It's a lower end language, which means uh, it's closer to talking to the actual computer itself. Okay. Uh, then I also have written, uh, wrote a lot of programs in C, which is one of my least favorite languages, at the same time favorite. It, it's quite a bit of a love-hate relationship with C, <laughs> because it's, it's a pretty painful language to learn, but once you learn it, you actually can do practically anything. You're a god if you know C. The best, the best equivalent that I have is me trying to figure out how to use WordPress right now. <laughs> <laughs> Very so, fair. So, the, um, so when, you're, when, you're, when you're developing those apps, like, I mean, are you trying to kind of go... Like, what 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 are you kind of looking for in terms of how to like create user user functionality? Like, so like I when I use an app on a phone, like I need it to be able to navigate through certain different yeah. aspects. So, yeah. like I hate, I hate it when it's too basic. So yeah, like, how do you differ from others in terms of trying to navigate that programming process? Well, right now I'm trying to think of a good UI design that actually is not only easy to look at for anybody, mm -hmm. but at the same time super simple to navigate, really hard to break. Because mm -hmm. the the one thing we all hate is when applications break. It, it's just it's so annoying, and trying to fix them or just having to wait for them to restart is just not the best. Or waiting for them to clean themselves on your phone. Yeah. Which I also try to create really small apps that can uh, do a lot of. Uh, GUI stuff, which GUI is GUI, mm -hmm. which means graphical user interface. Okay. That's basically what you see on your phone, your computer. Basically, anything you don't have to type in on, on the command line is a GUI interface. Okay. So, like, the stuff I'm just pressing down on. Yeah. If you're pressing buttons, typing something in a text box, and having multiple text boxes, that, that's probably made with a GUI interface. And there's a few programming languages I really like doing that with. Um, I use Java for most of my programming for uh, GUI interfaces, so... Okay, right on. How how easy is it for someone to learn this? Because I, I when I I mean like when I was when I started working with a computer in school, like it was spell Apple, and that's <laughs> like we didn't like we didn't have anything like they weren't teaching us coding, which I know that some schools now are teaching coding. Yeah. Um, the easiest way is being nowadays. I would have to say the easiest, while being at the same time cheapest way, uh -huh. is to be self-taught. Okay. And the easiest way to self-teach yourself is at the same time just watching YouTube videos, looking at the documentation on the websites that you, that you download the programming language uh, source from to actually use it. So it really is fr like free sourcing out information. Yeah, you're, you're, you're trying to grab the info. Like, trying to learn yourself is one of the easiest ways, in my opinion, yet at the same time hardest because you actually have to spend time yourself. You can't go to a professor to ask for help, of course. Right. When you're self-taught, though, it actually makes it much easier for you to learn what you like. Yeah, and and how comfortable you are navigating your own water. Yeah, and at the same time, uh, you there, there's so many programming languages that are really useful that I have to say um, 
if you don't like one language, being self-taught is the easiest way because you can just switch language like that. Because I remember learning Python not too long ago, and I absolutely hated learning Python. But since I was self-taught, I didn't, I didn't have to stick through it. I didn't have any assignments. I wasn't graded on it. So I, I'm like, nah, I'm not going to focus on Python except for maybe AI. Right. So I, I just um, kind of skipped that. So you've learned which, which things work for you the best yeah. in order to create an easier workflow. Yeah. I like languages that make me think. That, Python for me is too easy, but I heavily recommend it for beginners. Right. Uh, okay. For beginners, it's a much simpler language to learn. The syntax reads a lot like English. And the syntax is basically just how the code is written, for okay. those who don't know. So when you're when you're doing that kind of coding, what's like the harder part of that process? Like in order to create, whether it's an app or a program of any kind, like what, what ends up being the hardest aspect of that? Messing with small things is the hardest aspect, I have to say. Okay. Especially with uh, higher, like, well, like, like languages that are more specific and more strict on their uh, syntax, like C, C++ and all that. C++ is probably the hardest language to learn right now, but it's still at the same time one of the most useful. Okay. But um, C++, you have to do things exactly correct, otherwise the code won't run. You miss one semicolon on one line, even at the end, the entire app doesn't work. Really? Yeah. So that, would that explain why an app crashes from time to time, as if somebody coded it incorrectly? Well, there's no, like, yes and no. Yes and no. Uh, one of the main things that crashes apps is them being too complex. And it's sometimes have to do with the hardware. If they're using too much of the hardware, the app just might not work anymore and just close on its own. But it rarely doesn't have to do a lot with just the coding. Like, it's also other aspects yeah. involved. Okay. So and, like, also one of the big things I've seen, like, see uh, beginners making mistakes in is trying to be as neat with your code as possible. Trust me, that is not important. <laughs> like, people say, oh, your, your, your code should be easily readable, and yeah, I agree with that. It should be readable, but at the same time, it doesn't look, need to look like the nicest thing ever. Right. Unless you're making it completely open source, but at the same time, making it open source, I think, would make give you a bigger excuse just to write it in your own way. Okay. So it's kind of like you, you, you're allowed to have a creative style while at the same time maintaining by the rules. Yeah, of the, you of have the, to maintain, but you, you can have a style, but you have to maintain by the rules. It's like a school dress code. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually not joking. Yeah, no. It, you it, you, it, it you sounds... have to follow the certain rules. Yeah. And yet you could still be, you can wear almost anything unless like, there are very few languages that have a school uniform, basically. Right, exactly. So Well, so um, as you've been involved in this kind of world and learning all the different angles of it, what's the most promising thing to look forward to within the computer sciences world today? AI. AI? AI is probably the future Skynet, right now. Skynet, you mean. Skynet. Gotcha. Sk basically Skynet. I've been telling everybody to fear it for years. <laughs> I actually firmly believe that the uh, singularity is coming soon and a little bit too fast in my opinion. <laughs> so what, what, what about AI is the most fascinating element for you? To Self-driving cars by far. Really? Is Self-driving cars I have always been my dream. I've actually wanted them back when I was like a little, little kid. Like I was probably about seven is when I first had an idea of a self-driving car. Like I saw my mom almost get into an accident once, if I remember this correctly. No. I have a really bad memory, but I almost saw her got into an accident. I'm like, what if the car was just driving for you? Right. And the entire reason she got into an like almost got into an accident, if I remember correctly, was... Uh, I can't remember it was either like ha her having to k pick up an emergency work call or whatever 
But whatever it was, she had to real quickly grab her phone and pick it up, and she almost got into a car crash because she, she almost swerved into someone, if I remember correctly. That's My memory is god-awful, to be honest. No, dude, that, I, I mean, I would see then why you would want to pursue that. It, yeah, it's got that kind of a and memory. seeing all these companies start making self-driving cars, like Tesla is one of my favorites. I, I'm really excited for that future because self-driving cars, I think, is one of my greatest achievements of thinking. And I wish I could have made it on my own, but like I was seven, so right. So, final question for a computer sciences guy: What's a computer sciences guy's favorite movie? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Want my personal answer? Yeah. My personal answer, I have to say Jurassic Park. It's been a, it's been a, the whole series has been part of my life since I was really young. Have you, so you, are you, are you a strict fan of the original or do you love the whole series in I general? I love the whole series in general, but I, I really, I, I have to say the original was better. Right. No, absolutely. It's, it's the, it's, it's the fantastic. It. It's a fantastic movie. And whenever I get a chance, I get I I really want to see it. What were your thoughts on Jurassic Park 3? This is a question I love asking. Uh, Jurassic Park 3. I watched it at a really young age, it, so it became really nostalgic really quickly. Um, the thing is, Jurassic Park 3 was one of my favorites. Not really? my exact favorite. It was definitely better than... Um, hold on, let me real quickly. Sorry, I got a text from someone, so let me real quickly go check. It's all good. Check this. Um, my phone ain't working because, <laughs> you know... Oh, well. But, um, yeah, Jurassic Park 3 was not a bad movie, in my opinion. Yeah, that's... It, it's it, a fun monster movie. It's Joe Johnson's it's a, it's a fun a, monster movie. I, I wouldn't say it's canon. I wouldn't say it's canon. Yeah. But I would say 100% it's not a bad movie if you ignore the fact that it's technically canon. Yeah, if, you just, if you're just going to walk in to have a fun time, yeah. you're going to be good. Uh, some of my other favorite movies, though, are Back to the Future, which I don't like time travel, but like they, they just turned it into a comedy. I, I found the fun in it. Yeah. And some of my least favorite movies... I, I'm, I'm very much in the minority here, but Endgame actually was one of my least favorite movies of all time. Really? It was a terrible movie, in my opinion, for Marvel. For Marvel standards, huh. it was awful. Huh. Like, I, I understand people love it, but the time travel aspect really was the main thing that killed it for me, I have to say. Right. I've heard a couple of people have some issues with it. I uh, like the film a lot. I like but... the action in the film. The storyline was meh. The action... It was pretty fun, but yeah, like, own, yeah. it was pretty fun, but eh. Yeah. And the sandwich was probably the best part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not even being sarcastic here. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good moment in that film. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Sapphire, for sitting down and chatting with us about computer science. Oh, no problem. Yeah. And if uh, you have any more questions, uh, always um, just hit me up. Yeah, I will. Where can people find you if they want to ask you some questions about computer uh, sciences? I am uh, found at my website, uh, sapphirelines.com. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I will spell out for you guys so you can put it on the website. Yeah. And I'm also uh, Moisture Packets on Twitter because I had a weird obsession with Moisture Packets randomly. I thought it would be a good Twitter name after <laughs> ditching my actual development name, 5LT. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 5LT was a good name, but like I, I was getting kind of sick of it as well as trying to make a company at the same time. So Yeah, there you go. You gotta improvise with what yeah. you got. Yeah. I also have a Discord server, which I'm actually gonna add a button to my website for that if it's not already there. Right, sweet, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. This has been Zach talking to Sapphire at Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. We'll see you all next time. This has been another Real Nerds Podcast interview from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. See you next year.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.